Hello, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Humility, being humble. This is not a characteristic that comes natural for us in the West, is it? We are encouraged at a young age to not only have a healthy ego, but to strive to be special, to be the man in whatever endeavors you seek to make your mark. Be the smartest, be the best, be special, be famous, blah, blah, blah. We can see this lack of humility all over the place, especially wherever there is quote-unquote status. In corporate business, with lawyers and doctors, with celebrities, with our athletes, but it is also within ourselves. It is just not something that many of us were taught, or so it seems. Humbleness isn't flashy, is it? So why cultivate it? Yet something new is emerging, as my guest today so eloquently expresses, that the humble path is the earthy and soulful path, that it has an elegance and a sort of magic to it. I remember reading about the world-famous New Zealand rugby team, the All Blacks. They are the greatest rugby team in the world, legendary. What do they teach and lead with? You guessed it, humility. The author of the, a book about the All Blacks went to their training facility to interview their most well-known and beloved players and found them happily sweeping out the locker room. Can you imagine seeing Michael Jordan or Kobe or Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Judge sweeping out the garbage? Neither can I. Yet, this humbleness permeates much of the male culture in Polynesia. The All Blacks have many of the indigenous Maori, and this emphasis on service comes from them. I have noticed the same wonderful characteristic in many of the Polynesian men I have met, a gentle nature, a humility, a willingness to serve the tribe in whatever way is needed in the moment. There's an invitation here for growth, for you and I to surrender to the process of letting go, of old identities, of ways of being, of our arrogance, of old behaviors and ways of thinking and feeling that no longer serve us. The invitation is to travel lighter, my friend, and right-sizing the ego and embracing the humble path may just be the key. My guest today is a friend and a man who exemplifies what I'm talking about. Let's go sit around the fire with him. My guest today is Michael Knight. Michael is a friend, a former professional basketball player, a mentor trainer, and an entrepreneur. Here is my interview with Michael Knight. All right, I'm here with Michael Knight, entrepreneur, baller, mentor to lots of young people in basketball and beyond. Michael, welcome to Base Camp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Tony, thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be here with you, and uh, I'm excited. Absolutely. You know, you and I have been talking about doing this for a while. And I was finally like, look, I, we just got to pull this, pull the trigger on this and, and do it. Um, I think I was kind of turning around what I wanted the episode to be about, knowing we could go in a few different directions. But I kind of landed on humility um, as kind of the centerpiece, because it's one of the most striking characteristics of you as an athlete is your humbleness. And it's 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 something that I gravitate towards and I've strived to express and, and sort of access that part of myself. Um, but before we get into all that, I just wanted to ask you, like you and I both come from sports. I've been a sports fanatic my whole life. Like I was an athlete. I played uh, football, basketball, baseball and baseball in college. And I'm literally who I am today because of sports. Right. It's like it gave me my identity when I was young and just so much about 
being part of sports was transcendent for me. And I just wanted to ask you, like, how has it changed for you? Cause you've, you know, when you were young, you were probably really good at basketball, you know, cause you played professional basketball. So you had this whole identity. How is your learning in sports changed as you have, you still play, but now it's like more and more of your work is with rebar and mentoring younger players. Um, and I guess like what, how has that hero's journey been for you from young person, maybe first sinking their teeth into sports. And then now as you've grown into being kind of a mentor and, and a coach and an entrepreneur, what, what has been the learning like inside of that? Yeah, it's an awesome question. Uh, and I think the, the evolution has been just to notice and understand that we're never, we're never done. You know, yeah. I think the, the game changes and, you know, circumstances change and we all evolve mm-hmm. um, or we, or we don't. And I think for me, it was just to understand, you know, that this isn't forever. Um, and that, you know, I'm nothing but a grain of sand on the beach, but yeah. at the same time, you know, my grain is, is, is of significance. And, I think for me, it's just been, you know, not to be hung up on the past um, mm. and not to be future tripping, but to really just be present and to really be accepting of where I am and understanding, you know, today, how mm. can I turn the lead, my lead of today to gold and just keeping that mentality, I think is, you know, that's what training is. I think that's what refining is. I think that's how mm. you have a forever, a continuum of just, you know, growth, no matter what stage. Was it was it easy for you to go from sort of because you played overseas and in Europe and stuff, was it easy for you to switch from, I'm not going to keep pursuing that because you were really knocking at the door um, of perhaps being in the NBA. Was that, was that an easy transition or did that take a few years for you to go, look, here's where my next chapters are. I'm not going to keep pursuing that. That seems to be cut off a little bit for me. Uh, I'm going to lead in, I'm going to go into my company and my training program and all that. Was that, a, was that a pretty easy transition or what did you, was there some letting go of, you know, old dreams or whatever uh, that, that took place for you? I think it's a little bit of both. Again, mm-hmm. a great question. I think there is this death of ego for any athlete. At some point you have to, you know, suppress that and have to mm-hmm. work with that space. Otherwise it'll work with you. And, and, you know, I think I just understood that I better work with this and try to understand it. And, and, and my, my journey has been, you know, interesting in the game. You know, I hurt myself my first season out and had to take about a year and a half away from playing to kind of get my body right and to get, you know, a few chronic injuries and just things that were nagging me and not allowing me to recover. Right. Mm-hmm. I had to get that figured. I had to get that figured out. And so in, in that, you know, process, it was very humbling, you know, going from, you know, playing, doing, living the dream, to you know, being back in Seattle and like working, mm-hmm. you know, I worked worked humbly at uh, Nike Town after playing, mm-hmm. you know, professionally. A few months later, I was selling shoes and just you know, but I had a vision. I had a, I had a vision, and I knew that you know I could let other people's story define me, or I could be a truth seeker. And I think that's what I've always been: it's a truth seeker in the game, a truth seeker in life. And um, you know, if you can put the ball in the basket, if you, if, if you're good at you know what you do, if you can play you know, there's an opportunity for you. And I think that's just like that in life, you know, if you're good enough, if you, if you put the work in and you, you know, have the intention behind it, it's bestowed upon you. And so for me, I had, you know, this injury, had to work through it, but in really just surrendering to possibly being done playing at that level of professional, uh, 
I think I was able to find some things that allowed me to get back to that level. And my curiosity for the game and my love for the game authentically led me to a place of understanding and figuring out how to work through those riddles in my body. And then it led, you know, to me going back overseas and playing a few more seasons, which was amazing. And it ultimately led me to what I'm doing now and figuring out this training methodology that now I'm a co-founder on. And, uh, you know, the company is really growing. And, and I think that became the, the shift with shift with my intention was, you know, I, Hey, I've, I've rung the rag on my, you know, opportunity sure. in playing, but I see, I see a bigger picture. Now I see an opportunity for me to help more people That's to great. be an authentic, authentic light in the game. And, um, you know, have an authentic model of training and the way that I communicate. So, you know, it, it's a journey. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a journey that we're all on and I think there's phases, but I, I'm very grateful to, you know, have a perspective along the way. And I think for me, that's been the biggest key is just to keep perspective and to always try to work in a way that, uh, you know, you're not done. You know, you always can but refine, you always can improve. So. One, th- one thing I love about your, your, who you are and like how you express yourself, there's a, there's a humility there that seems, um, you know, it's like the next generation of athletes, I think are going to have more of that medicine that you have. I think I grew up where there wasn't a lot of humble athletes. I mean, you had like, you know, you had Michael Jordan, you had like, you had all these really kind of cocky every once in a while you'd hear an interview and somebody would say, Oh, you know, by the grace of the good Lord, you know, it'd be something like that. And like, okay. But it seems like there's more and more athletes I think that are starting to figure out that this me, me, me thing, it doesn't, it rubs people kind of the wrong way. It's kind of, I've said it on the show. It's kind of, you know, are you heavy with ego or have you right sized the ego? Right. And it's like, um, I just think that, uh, it's kind of a next paradigm. And I think sports is a great lens because it does tend to draw. I don't want to say arrogance because uh, it, that's completely kind of a negative term, but you have to have overflowing confidence in sports. If you want to keep playing at the next, the next level up now, that might be from high school to college or college to minor leagues or college to pro, but you can't, you have to be super confident to play at the next level. And I think that kind of breeds this kind of, um, ego attachment where it's like, I'm the man, I'm the man. And you, 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 you could see plenty of players in every sport where that's the case, what what did besides the experiences that you had like what do you how do you cultivate that in the young people that you work with because you're working with high school or junior high kids and they all want to be the man I want to score you know uh, 40 points in a game and get a scholarship how do you start to plant the seed that maybe uh, being being humble uh, how do you how do you create that what are some practices or some reminders or how do you teach that to your young people so they get it kind of early because they may not be getting it. A lot of times parents of young people are just like, oh, Bobby is just the greatest thing. And they they never help Bobby right size his ego. So how do, how do you plant that in there so they can maybe grab onto that and then work with it? Because I know you've had success in that area. Great questions. Um, and and I think the, the biggest thing is just to you know ground yourself. I think that's the, the key is to have these routines and mm. these intentional awarenesses that you're always heightening. Mm. And, you know, for me, it's always been the practices that I can do to keep me in a space of peace, but focus and Mm. things that I know are going to yield results um, by me checking the boxes in certain areas and trusting that if I put my intention and and the right energy behind this, that it's going to allow me to perform and be in the right space. And 
it's soulful. You know, this, these practices aren't just for the game. They're not just for, you know, your physique or to be in better shape or whatever. It's, it's, it becomes this soulful mission. And I think for me, it's always, I've always seen the higher purpose within Mm. the game. And so for me, I always try to coach like that. I think if you are acting in a way that's, you know, not honoring the craft or not honoring the game, you know, that's going to come back and get you. And so I think the, you know, the, the approach, you know, we all approach it like ninjas, you know, we're all ninjas in a dojo and the way that we're working is with the utmost respect for the game, with Mm -hmm. the utmost respect for each other. You know, I always try to keep an environment of, Hey, you know, like there needs to be this autonomy, like you have to be yourself, but then there also has to be this collective energy that we're all working with and feeding off of each other in. And, um, so it's, it's a big way that I coach. I just think it's, it's easy to get caught up in yourself. Mm-hmm. but I, but I think it's so much more powerful to be an infectious teammate, a positive teammate or somebody who can be a beast with their focus and a beast with their intention around their goals, but then also have this approachability coachability, yeah. um, that, that, you know, the game needs that, that people need. And, um, you know, you can't be by yourself, you know, it's, we all need community. We all need fellowship. And I think, you know, in sport, there's such an individualism within the team concept and so Mm -hmm. you have to find that balance and it's it's tough but i think with you know routine i think with uh intentional awareness and i think with just honoring the game you know honoring those that you that you're sparring with you know training with i think that's the you know the key is to make the the mission and the practice it's more than you know it's more than all of us and i think when you have that approach you know you're putting yourself in a position of success and it's not it's not wired the wrong way it's wired the right way yeah There's so there's such a like a uh, you mentioned ninja. There's such a warrior energy to athletes. You know, they're just like they're they're training for battle. There's so many layers to it. I just I you know, I coach soccer, a youth soccer team. Even though I never played soccer, I just kind of got talked into it way back when. But I've been coaching this team for ten years, and you know, we gathered around as a team when they were little, and I basically said, "Look, th- this could be." forget the select teams. We're not a select team. We're a rec team. So that means Mm -hmm. our season's like three months long, three and a half months long. And I just said, look, but we could make this the most extraordinary team experience that you, that you've had. Uh, Because what we're going to do is we're just going to play with a lot of heart. Nobody's going to outwork us. And even when we play, you know, we, sometimes we play teams. I mean, we're playing up at an age group and sometimes we, you know, we run into a buzzsaw because these guys are a lot bigger than us, you know? And, but but my kids, my kids have internalized the, the belief that this is the identity of the team. Like we don't back Mm -hmm. down every dog fight. We're going to go at them. And I, even if they're a lot bigger than us, we're going to keep at it. And I'm so proud that they got, you know, I know this is probably the case with you where they, you see the team or the individual kind of internalize, whether it's, you know, working hard or making, what what can you do to make the team experience great? You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, they know it's like, it's just, and it, you know, we, we tell them over and over, it's not just about you. This is about, sure. this is about the team. This is about what are we representing the, the 18 of us? How are we how are we uh, uh, conducting ourselves? What what do we express as characteristics when we're out there? And uh, and I love it. I love it. I love that I was able to coach and do it in a sport that I don't that I never played, which is really mm-hmm. odd, you know. But uh, yeah. what 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 are the what are the things that you keep circling back around to that you find yourself preaching to them, where you say, "Hey, here's in your 
knowing that it's going to be something they're going to take with them as adults, whether that's men, women, uh, moving on into business or, you know, not, not, not very many people are going to be uh, playing professional sports, but you know, what are the, what are the characteristics that you kind of be, drill down on to say, this is what I want you to know. Cause they may not be getting it from home. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I think, you know, home is a big piece and I, I, I have amazing parents and I think that, you know, I, I was very blessed by then and, I'm very lucky because I know the circumstances aren't like that for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, you know, just the, the continuum of preaching this selflessness around the game, you know, is, is, is what I try to focus on and, um, you know, to try to help people understand that there's, you know, there's space for you, but then there's also this much broader space that we need to honor and respect of the team and of the game. And I think, you know, for me to get, you know, to that space is through a lot of trial and error. You know, yeah. I have not always been the guy that you know me as is, you yeah. know, the humble guy or like the, the, the guy that, who you know, operates in a, in a way that people have come to appreciate. I think it's been, you know, me hitting my head on a couple of the ego ceilings, me failing, yeah. you know, several times and having to, you know, go, go back to the drawing board. But I think mm-hmm. the, the spaces change and shift when you're conscious of your journey, you're conscious of your mission you're conscious of your improvement and you're doing the things that are going to never keep you stopping. You know, it's always going to be moving forward. And so for me, I just try to keep, you know, the mentality to, to my young cats is like, you know, my young athletes, I'm like, keep your mind right. You know, we have to be focused on, you know, what's serving us, what's honoring us and, and our, our team, our family, you know, our craft, and we have to sift through the other things and understand what's ours and what isn't. And so I think it's just really the mentality if you wire your mentality right, you're going to put yourself in a possession, in a position for success. And it can be, you know, through a win, it can be through a loss. But I think the mark of a, you know, a true winner is how you carry yourself, how you have your mind wired. And I think that's the biggest thing that I try to uh, incorporate with my athletes is, you know, there's going to be, you know, tough days, you know, there's going to be good days, but our perspective within the journey is everything. And so if we keep our intention, our perspective, and our mind, right, in terms of our mentality, we're going to end up in a better position. And I think that's what we try to buy in on and uh, lock in on. It's, it's, I'm glad you said that, uh, you know, when you were younger, there was some, you were hitting some ceiling in the ego and that I, I may not have, you know, you're not the person, you know, say 15 years ago that you are today. And man, if you would have known me when I was in my twenties, I was a dipshit. I didn't have anything go. I mean, I, you know, I was playful. I was drinking a lot. I was fun to be around. I was fun to go out with, but you know, I was, I was still trying to figure out where I was going to help serve humanity. I didn't know I was, I didn't know the truth was looking for me and I didn't know I was looking for it. It wasn't until to your point, you know, I had to fail a whole bunch of times at some different things and, and just be challenged by my own uh, hubris or my own assumptions that were wrong about, you know, my life journey. And I, I just had to settle into, you know, and, and develop a kind of a spiritual practice. I had to develop some, some meditative capacity. I think I was just overthinking and just running on ego and thoughts. And I just, there was a point and it's common when you're in your twenties, that's, that's what you do. You're going a mile a minute. And I just think I I needed to fail at some things and to really slow down uh, my process and to be in my heart with a little more intention. And then, 
it's like this magical thing started happening. Like I got drawn into the men's stuff and realized, oh, there's all these, there's all these other human beings that are on the same kind of journey. And we're all sharing this collective hero's journey. And we've all got our parts to play. How wonderful is that? And I don't have to be some superstar achiever. I can just quietly serve the light in whatever way and capacity that is feels natural for me. And I can encourage that in others. And it's made all the difference in the world, but I would never have gotten here without failing and falling over and, and being humbled, sure. humbled all over the place. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, how do you stay out of, you know, I, one thing I never hear you talk about, I never hear you really get tied up in all of the politics and, and the divisive issues. And, you know, I don't want to, I, I, I'm not interested in forcing you into saying that you feel like this or feel like that. I'm more interested in the meta narrative of, you know, do you not, do you get upset by stuff politically? Do you like, I'm seeing, I'm a former, like I used, I was a, my listeners know quite well, I was a liberal for 30 years, but I was a traditional liberal, meaning mm-hmm. not, not all the woke stuff. It was like, you know, I wanted diversity and live and let live. And, you know, I, I don't care who you marry, all that stuff uh, that all jived with me, but then they really started changing all the rules and I started getting more and more uncomfortable. I wanted freedom of speech. I got banned off of social media for certain things I had said. And I'd mentioned in, when I sent you over the question about Kanye West and, you know, I, I was never a big Kanye West fan, although my 15 year old is crazy. Him and his friends love Kanye West. And I started to recognize in him that and i don't think i think he's super smart and i think he says some crazy shit but what he represents do you know like in every archetype there'll be an archetypal uh uh court gesture or fool not that he's foolish he represents he'll blurt stuff out that is useful for everybody to hear even though not all of it's spot on or not all of it's completely sane and so he's he's providing this amazing um uh, fount of information that's not coming out anywhere else necessarily because it's all the information has been so tightly controlled. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like I, I love Kanye. I love, I love who, what he's representing. And I know there right now I'm, I put on the radio and they're, everybody's dogging on him and it makes me, it kind of bums me out because I'm like, don't be dogging on him, man. He's, he's speaking his truth. And I completely have his back. Like I, I, I stand for him to say what he needs to say. And it's not always going to be popular and it's going to piss people off, but that's the kind of country you live in. But to circle back around, like, how do you stay out of the fray? Cause we just got done with, you know, we're at the tail end, I think of, are you vaccinated? Or are you not vaccinated? You wear a mask. You don't wear a mask. Are you, are you for this guy? Or are you against this guy? And I don't hear you I don't hear you really weighing in now you and I don't talk that way when we see each other we usually hug each other shake hands and talk about more meta narrative and just how we are so I don't ever really ask you what do you think about that it's almost like out of respect I don't want to necessarily make you feel like I'm nosing into your business because it really is all your business so I guess the question is like how do you stay in how do you stay tuned in uh yeah and, and, and not, I don't know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you not lose friends? I guess is one way to say it. Well, you know, I think, you know, if you talk to anybody, everybody'd be like, you know, Mike's my guy. And, mm-hmm. um, they're, they all, a lot of people would say that, but at the same time, you know, I'm really locked in. I'm mm-hmm. really, uh, kind of a loner, you know, and, and I'm comfortable that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't, I don't lose myself in the fray of this and that or mm-hmm. politics. Uh, I think a lot of that sometimes can be such a distractor from, I do think you need to stay connected. You do need to stay awake and you, you need mm-hmm. to know what's going on in the world. So let me just back up and say that. But I do sure. think that there is such a focus on the external when people need to go way more internal and they need to focus yeah. way more on themselves and they need to focus on grounding rituals and things that are clearing their energy field, like meditating. You know, I've been a, a, a big meditator, a, a deep, deep yoga practice uh, I've had for, you know, over 10 years, you know, and um, I, I light Palo Santos and Sage just to mm-hmm. clear the energy and it. I do things that keep my space sacred and I try to focus on controllables. What can, what can I control? Yeah, you know, like, great. can I, can I can control this or not? And I think if, you know, for me, I just boil down, you know, what I, what I can manage, what I can handle. Um, to the best of my ability without losing myself in, you know, the fray of whatever the political issue is at the time. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's way better suited for me to be a skill point yeah. in the moving pieces of this world. You know, I, I focus on how do I ground my energy and how do I keep myself still. And, um, you know, I, I do see, you know, a lot of people outwardly outwardly projecting, you know, their thoughts mm-hmm. or their opinions. And I just, you know, think I think a lot of that is, you know, is, you know, it is a free you know, country, you can speak and say what you want to say, but also there's, you know, there's, there's going to be some, you know, action that you have to face with that. And I think there's, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, what this world is going through is, you know, there's some tough, tough spots, but I think the, you can spin yourself around focusing Mm -hmm. on all of the things that you can't control, or you can be a beast and a monster around what you can control. And I think when you do that, um, you know, you, you're able to be more focused and locked in on what, truly matters rather than getting distracted and i think there's a lot of distraction space with that stuff so for me i can get overwhelmed by trying to be you know involved in every single political issue or you know involved in what this person said or this person didn't say and i and you know i think people will try to rope you into that conversation to kind of you know and there's so much focus on all that stuff and for me that's just you know there's a way bigger priority around you know the energy that i'm keeping so i'm good for my family my friends my athletes my community it's there's way more of a focus for me on you know i need to stay aware and conscious of what's going on but also i can't let all that affect the spaces that i need to be great in and i think for me it's just this you know this focus of you know let me you know think global but act local let me let me be worldly but be where my feet are and i just think that's just the kind of you know mentality that i have so i don't get pulled into the yeah. you know the the cyclone of the nonsense you know yeah 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 no that's really that's really wise i really am glad you expressed that um and also you know for me you know you're talking about issues divisive issues i've changed my mind over time on things like you know it's like sure. that's a humbling thought you know it's like you i think there's this kind of it's a lot of righteousness floating around on 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 either side of just issue X, it doesn't even matter, you know, how you feel about this person. Oh, I love him. I hate him. And, you know, I've evolved. I've changed my perspective on a whole bunch of things. And I've also things that were used to be black and white. I see a whole bunch of shades of gray now because I'm like, well, yes, but, you know, and, or I'll have a guest on and they'll, they'll have the opposite viewpoint. And I'm like, God, she's making a lot of sense on that. You know, like I could totally totally understand that. So you know, I feel well, you're open. You're open. Yeah, yeah. I, think I, I, I want I, I want to be, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. So. I think that's important. I think that, you know, there's, you have to hold your pillars to who you are, you know, yeah. true, but we can be so focused on what we think we are that we're not allowing the possibilities of growth and, and maturity and other blessings to come through. We can, you know, I think a lot of people limit themselves with their words or, Oh, I'm not this, I can't do this because you know, they, they have like yeah. a, a stagnant perspective that sometimes can block and hinder blessings. And I think it is important to be open, but also to stay rooted and true to what is you. And I think, you know, when, when you, when you start to understand that you can be in the company of people with different opinions and mm-hmm. understand that they may have something to share, you know, and there can be a, an agreement to disagree. You know, there can be, yeah. you know, an ability to talk about tough issues but with respect and honor, you know, and I think that's where the world needs to get to. And, and, and there has to be this more, you know, human, human lens that we all look through. I think everybody's so caught up in yeah. their differences and what is or what isn't. And I, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, ex, it's exhausting you know, to, 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 to play that b- battle. I think it's way more suited to, you know, operate in a way that, you know, shows that you're thinking of these things and, and, you know, to be mindful of, the spaces that you can control that you can master and that you yeah. can, you know, be a true seeker in. And I think that's the key is like, you know, it's easy to, you know, just spin wheels and, and, and put all this focus on other things when really you're not doing anything for yourself to improve, you know, your soulful self or to improve, you know, your mission in this life or your business or to positively impact others. And I think that's just the thing. So it's like, what are we focusing on? You know, how much of that focus should be going to that space or how should we spend that towards, you know, the introspective and the space of our forever growth and our refinement. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I find myself in mission as soon as I ask, how are we doing? Meaning we as humanity, how is humanity, Mm -hmm. how is my tribe doing my tribe, meaning everyone, you know, and if Mm -hmm. I can, Mm -hmm. if I can keep that as my focal point, my soft vision, uh, I'm guided to write the right things, to get the right guests to come on and talk to, you know, it's just like, I feel in alignment instead of how am I doing? Am I, am I doing this? Am I doing that? If it's just, how are we doing? How am I assisting the narrative? Can I, is there a way to uplift the narrative around, you know, so I've taken a, a dive into a lot of these things, sometimes mm-hmm. on one side, sometimes from the meta, hopefully if I'm on a side, I try to come out and give a meta as the overarching thing. And that's, that's, I just try to stay with that because that's what feels most truthful and most needed for, for the planet right now. And for the people that might listen and go, Oh, I'm hearing something here that I'm not hearing on the mainstream media, which is all just blaring out a bunch of nonsense of, you know what? So I'm glad you mentioned, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Sage and Palo Santo because uh, I think people don't know about it how yeah. how powerful it is you introduced me to paulo santo actually in men's movement in the mankind project they burn sage all over. like they do these these transformative cathartic weekends where you go through a hero's journey and you know the smell of sage being burned is all over the place so i i grew up mm-hmm. kind of coming of age with that in the air and quickly grabbed it for the house and and burned it to clear energy but then you introduced me to paulo santo which is a different a different, uh, a little bit different animal, but it's also got this wonderful, it's a little sweeter and it's like, mm. I don't know. I think people underestimate 
how powerful you can clear your energy by burning some Palo Santo or sage. I, I think people think, oh, you're just a new agey, you know, yeah. and that's like, well, but why don't you try it and see if, if, you, sure. if, cause I notice a big change when I burn it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm For like, sure. oh man, I feel way better, you know? So how about you? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's all, uh, it's all intention. You know yeah. what I mean? You can, I always say you can do something or you can really do something, you yeah. know? And I think you can just treat it as lighting a stick of, you know, a piece of a tree yeah. or, you know, you can really look at it as something that's honoring the things that you need to honor. And that's clearing mm -hmm. the, the things that you need to clear. And, mm -hmm. you know, just, it's a, it's a, a ritual that, be, that can become, you know, something very sacred and it can become something that allows you to just go deeper and to set a little intention. It can become like a little meditation, you know, into your lock-in of self and, you know, just a pattern, you know, thing that you're doing around honoring, clearing. And I, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's really helped me a lot because it's, you know, this world moves so fast and there's always, you know, so much going on. And then, you know, you think about business and think about, you know, yeah. contacts and people you need, it, it can, it can be again, overwhelming, you know? And so for me, it's just like with little breaks of, and I'm kind of crazy. I light it all the time. I light it, you know, in the car, I light it, yeah. you know, at the house, I light it in the bathroom. I, I, yeah. I do it all, all throughout the day, but for me, it just becomes this little, you know, okay, like, let me stay grounded. Let me just keep my feet on earth. Let me, yeah. let me just honor the, honor the things that I need to include things that, that aren't serving me. And yeah, it's, it's really, it's really been a, a, a huge thing for me because I could, you know, I'm thinking my, you know, younger years, I, I, I could have, I was really impatient and mm -hmm. I didn't realize it. I was, you know, I was watering the plant of all my endeavors and life. And just watching, waiting for the, you know, the, the plant to sprout through rather than just trusting a process of, mm -hmm. hey, if I'm consistent in doing this, these things are going to eventually, you know, bud. And that's what, you know, the, the rituals of, you know, the lighting the Santos and, you know, doing the yoga and, and the meditative space and just being on the ground and, mm -hmm. you know, surrendering. Those things have allowed me to not be so impatient or not be so in a hurry just to trust that, hey, you know, I'm ordering the steps. Yeah. Uh, it's very it's very reflective for me and so yeah it's great and i think you know I, I i do encourage that you know ritual for everyone you know i think it's something that you can find a lot of uh peace and benefit in so it's just you know don't think it's too woo woo listeners you know you know yeah. get you some and, and 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 trust that uh doing a little bit of that might might give you something that you're missing well and you what you brought up you're such an old soul michael what you brought up to uh is that it, it's, it acts as a gateway into meditation. So it, you may not have 20 minutes to sit down and sit in half lotus, you know, all the things maybe that you learned, but you could burn some sage or some Palo Santo and it might only be five minutes, but it can completely reset where you're at. It can reset your, sure. your nervous system in a very short period of time. So it becomes this marker where you, you, the ritual of burning it, slowing your breathing down, just kind of taking in the moment, um, can have that kind of transformative impact where, you know, me, cause we do live in a busy world. Like I don't, I don't do as much formal meditation as I did when I was younger. You know, I'm just, mm -hmm. I, I feel like, well, it, it, I don't even want to say I've integrated it because my heroes in that realm, the spiritual teachers that I learned from, they spend a lot of time in meditation and I'm, I'm going a thousand yeah. different ways, trying to catch the breeze, a little bit like you, where I'm like, oh, I'm in between. Can I pause for two minutes and really listen to my breathing and really slow down and feel my 
feel gravity and really slow down and feel grounded. So I'm, I'm kind of doing a practice on the fly, which doesn't always feel like uh, optimal, but it's like, I'm making the most of it. Does that make sense? Totally. I yeah. think that's important. I think, I think, you know, we can get caught up in the, you know, the metaphorical mountain of mindfulness, you know, and, 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 and think that it has to be this, you know, exact process that's, you know, an hour, you know, vinyasa class and, yeah. A, a walk in nature for another hour and then a you know a reflective sit down for another and it's like sometimes in the world that we're living in and with schedules and family and work and you know pets and just life we don't have time for all that. so i do torch I do up the palo santo yeah <laughs> exactly I, I, that's why i think you can have a little mindful you know yeah. tap in that might take you a couple minutes that that can just recenter and just kind of you know hit, hit clear and um, just, just reset you. And I think that's, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be this, you know, and, and everybody always talks, Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. I think that's why I love doing that. Um, you know, because it, it can be something that's quick. That doesn't take so much time, but it also has such value in terms of the lock-in and the tap-in of, you know, mindfulness and clearing and just, you know, honoring things that, you know, need to be honored and clearing the things that don't. And it's funny once you start doing and appreciating that practice, it's, the just in in diving into it things start to click and things mm-hmm. things start to happen you see because it is it is a process of hey let me you know let me sit down let me be still for a minute let me mm-hmm. you know do something that's honoring and do something that's clearing i think just over time that'll that'll benefit you know anybody so. we, we my listeners know i've done a let's say like maybe three episodes maybe four on cryptocurrency bitcoin um and you and i chatted about it a little briefly um not a whole lot um i've gotten more pro bitcoin i think i i sit uh i'm kind of perched in alongside conversations that are happening in different social media channels where there's lots of memes and information being spread all very i mean i i basically am part of a bitcoiner community um, and I used to have a lot of different altcoins and I've really narrowed that down and I'm really more, I'm more Bitcoin stands alone and I have a smattering of some other stuff, but not a whole lot. And I just wanted to ask you specifically about Bitcoin. Like, is it gathering momentum in the basketball players that, you know, in that, in that community, are they catching? Cause I, I'm, it seems like it's taking off like crazy and at the same time, I can be at a party with 20 people and I might be the only one that holds any Bitcoin. They might, everybody's heard about it by now, but most think, no, that's too risky or no, I don't want to do that. Or they laugh or whatever. But I just kind of was curious what you're noticing is kind of a canary in the coal mine of like maybe a, a, a training community or specifically basketball players. Are they starting to go, Hey, I'm, I want to get in on this. Uh, I'm I, I've re- I've done some reading and I believe in this. I mean, there's a whole philosophy around Bitcoin that has grown up now. And I just wanted to ask you if that was at all part of um, what you're picking up on, or if you've pulled back from that, or wh- where you're at in your in your journey in that. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know it's the game is changing, the world is changing, you know, yeah. and I think there's a lot of I think the notion of you know, there being a finite amount of Bitcoin is a, you know, something that's interesting to me just from a business standpoint, knowing that yep. there's not just a infinite amount of money in Bitcoin that, that can be, um, that there's a, you know, a capped amount. And so I think that's interesting. And then you see, you know, a lot of these companies that are growing, they're building their systems out on a blockchain and they're yep. doing things that are, 
you know, tapping into this whole system of, you know, Bitcoin and what that's about. And so, you know, yeah, I definitely, you know, I have a, I have a small position, you know, in my uh, investment portfolio around it. I do think that it's, you know, wise to do so. I do think there's a lot of apprehension around it. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think if you look at, you know, some of these companies and some of these businesses that are building out and and factoring this in, you know, it's a wise move to, you know, have a little bit of diversification with it. Um, And I think, you know, the people that I'm involved with see it as the same, uh, you know, same space, something mm-hmm. to be aware of, something to be, uh, you know, diversifying in, um, you know, you don't put, uh, I wouldn't put all, no. all my no. ducks yeah. in one basket, but I definitely yeah. think, you know, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a wisdom in having a little bit of a ear to the street of crypto and, um, you know, understanding what that's about because it's going to become more, yeah. uh, you know, in these systems, you know, of, of what, what we all know as, you know, finance. So. Yeah, well, and and then like I've been f- tracking what Jack Dorsey, formerly of Twitter, is doing, and I mean he's. It looks to me like he's partnering with Elon Musk, and that he wants to build Blue Sky, which is a decentralized platform on the Lightning Network, which is what Bitcoin runs on, where you, everything would be decentralized. But you would it would basically take over for like Venmo or or PayPal, where people would be. Um, paying for things with Bitcoin, Bitcoin, you know, it's almost like they're prepping Bitcoin to have a really prominent role in the things that are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're super smart. I, I have, I had one guy on uh, and I asked him off the air about his investment portfolio. And I was sharing, you know, my approach, my approach is a little bit like yours. Like, I'm like, I'm comfortable, you know, with this, you know, but I'm not, he's mm-hmm. all, he's freaking all in dude on Bitcoin. Yeah. God, you're ballsy. I'm like, I think you're right. I go, but I can't bet like that, dude. That's just, he's like, no, I know. It's like, I'm, I'm, you know, and he's like, yeah, my wife doesn't. I'm like, your wife is okay with that. And he goes, not really, (laughs) but I'm doing it anyway. So yeah, it's funny. I mean, you get all kinds over there. I mean, some are just, you know, like Michael Saylor, he's just like, nope, this is the way it's going to go. And and so I'm I'm like you, I kind of hedge a little bit. Uh, yeah. And I believe in it. I believe we're, I believe there's going to be mass adoption. I think, uh, you know, you and I, you know, 25 years from now could have a conversation go, oh man, remember when we did that podcast, we were talking about Bitcoin. Good thing we got in early. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, For sure. so Michael, uh, tell us about your, your training company rebar. Like how do people find you? How do they find your training? How, how can potential clients purchase it or, or interact with you? What's, what, what kinds of things are you doing? Uh, can they, can they do your training even if they're not in Seattle? Like just give us a little bit of a scoop about, um, about what's going on with the training program. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a co-founder with a revolutionary methodology called rebar training. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we have multiple systems under our umbrella, but the flagship is the rebar alpha pro. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, related uh, sister is the Rebar Omega Pro. And essentially the bar system is a detachable portable device that comes with four bands at two different tensile strengths. Mm-hmm. And you fasten the bar together, you tie the bands around your feet. And the whole workout is around core stability, functional movement. It puts mm-hmm. the user at the center of those spaces and helps them work on their coordinated awarenesses. So it's a really interesting uh, notion for training, movement, training, uh, awareness in the body, um, quick twitch, 
uh, more mobility, more functional mm-hmm. awareness. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's dual So I infuse, uh, I infuse the rebar training with my basketball model and that model is called skill sets and band reps. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I have a, you know, a private gym here in Seattle and we're making some moves around, you know, acquiring more space and, yeah, I work with athletes in the basketball space from kids all the way up to the NBA and uh, overseas pros. And um, yeah, there's, you know, you can find me online, uh, Instagram, skill sets and band reps mm-hmm. uh, is my, is my handle or at R3 BAR training uh, on Instagram is another way to find uh, or R3 BAR training.com rebar training.com. You can get on there and we have uh, you know, online subscription model we have uh an affiliate program and a training certification program that uh validates uh through nasm and ace for continued education curriculum for all those trainers out there who are looking to get their cecs um but yeah we have a you know we have a great business we built it from the ground up um you know i kind of sacrificed playing a few years overseas to you know make sure that we uh you know get to where we are now where we have the the infrastructure and the ability to scale and um, yeah, things are taking off and we've got great. some good stuff rolling, some great people behind us, but yeah, definitely, you know, go check that out, you know, get in touch with us. You know, we have classes and little workshops going all the time in, you know, in Seattle and California and Oregon and yeah, just tap in with us. R3BAR training.com. And uh, for all you hoopers out there, you can find me uh, on IG skill sets and band reps uh, as my IG and also uh Dark Knight Mike is my IG. So you just find me on there and yeah, we'll get you guys rolling. Thanks, dude. Michael, thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for Men and sharing your wisdom and your insights. It's always great to chat with you. I love our conversations. I, I'm fortunate enough to count you as a friend and we, you and I get to have these one-on-ones uh, fairly frequently. So I'm just really appreciate who you are. Thanks for coming on. We finally banged out an episode together. Let's do it again another time. Um, and just good luck with the training. Good luck with all your success. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. It's making a big difference. I really appreciate you. Oh, Tony, it was a complete honor to be on here, man. I'm glad we could put it together. Love what you're doing. Uh, I think it's really special space to be in. And yeah, I'm just really, uh, proud to finally get this done with you. And yeah, man, let's just all keep going. Sounds good, brother. Well, I hope you enjoyed our time with Michael Knight. He is part of a new generation of athletes that carry a strong spiritual vibe about them. These athletes express some deep wisdom about who we are and that sometimes when we focus on all of us getting better, each individual will find his or her unique hero's journey in life. All of that resonates here. Thank you, Base Campers, and we'll see you around the fire next week. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey.